You're listening to a Radio 1 91FM podcast. Joining me now is Professor of Law at the University of Waikato, Alexander Gillespie. We will be speaking to him about protesting rights here in Aotearoa. Kia ora, Alexander. Thanks for coming on the show. Kia ora, Case. Uh, I guess I'll start off with, you know, we've seen ongoing protests, you know, for climate change ramping up in places like Wellington with things like graffiti and even the blocking of roads. How are we to go about drawing a line between what is appropriate and what is inappropriate in relation to protesting rights? Well, first off, you need to take a step back because protest is part of who we are as a liberal democracy. And Kiwis have been protesting for, well, since 1840. And that's essential. I mean, being able to express dissent and disappointment with the government, it's it's healthy. The problem you've got is, although there is a kind of a right to protest in terms of freedom of assembly and freedom of petition, that right can be limited. And so you don't have a right to a violent protest or a disorderly protest or an unsafe protest. And so even though you should facilitate protest, there's a limit to how far you can go. I guess as far as, you know, the government goes, how do they strike a balance between allowing, you know, those peaceful protests that you're speaking of, but also ensuring public safety, especially when, you know, protests disrupt daily life? Well, every protest is different. And you can think about, say, something like the COVID protests at the height of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And it was important to let those people protest, but it had to be done like with social distancing in a certain space amongst them. And that, that was to ensure safety, but you still wanted to hear that voice. With regards to something like roads, that's where it gets complicated because as much as you want people to be visible and to a degree noisy so that there is a degree of inconvenience for most citizens, Mm -hmm. that inconvenience can't be unreasonable. And so that means, yes, you can, if you've got authority, and authority is key here, you can block a road for a short period if there is an alternative way around it. But you can't block a road permanently, especially if there's no alternative, because otherwise the other citizens who are just going about their jobs or they're picking up their kids or coming home from university, they've got interests as well. And so you've got to balance their interests against those who are trying to say, wake up and take notice of something. And in your opinion, what's a legitimate way in which, you know, these protesters can convey their message without causing that significant social disruption or a danger to the public? I think with... With the climate protesters, what you want to do is you want to give them a place where they're highly visible. Mm-hmm. You want to facilitate the protest, let them make their noise, but it, and sometimes even let them have a temporary blockage of a road, but not a permanent one when there's no alternative. But on the other hand, don't let them be in a situation where they're making unreasonable interference in other people's lives. And so, yes, be visible. Yes, be noisy. Yes, be noticed, but not to the point where other people cannot fairly go about their daily business and so we've got to get that balance right but the risk right now though is that people get so angry over blocked roads probably more than any other kind of protest is that the authorities want to put penalties on them and sometimes they're talking up to 14 years in jail and that's what i'm just about to get to i guess in terms of the consequences do you believe that the penalties proposed for climate protesters should be proportional to the nature of their actions and if so how should the legal system determine that so you've got to Right now, the, the traditional penalty for blocking a road was $1,000, yeah. and, and that was quite a, quite a small penalty. But now other countries are finding that they need to change their laws because the one certainty you have is that there's going to be more climate protests, and they're probably going to be more disruptive. 
And as they change the laws, they're putting stiffer penalties in. So in Britain right now, they've had people put in jail for blocking roads for up to three years in jail. And some people will say, well, three years is a long time. But in New Zealand, the police have talked about up to 14 years in jail. And that's because they're using part of the Crimes Act, which isn't fit for purpose. It's for another reason. But they're saying we're so angry with the roads being blocked that we want to do this. And so, yes, you must have a penalty, but it must be proportionate. And you've got to think, like, do you want someone in jail for the amount of time that you'd have a ram raider in jail or someone committing a violent crime if all they were doing was protesting? It's got to be proportionate. But the risk right now is that people get so angry they would have a disproportionate use of the law to crush the dissent of the protesters. And going back to what we were talking about before, how important is it for a democratic society like Aotearoa you know, to keep that right to protest without having these massive, massive consequences that you're speaking about? It's critical. It, it's who we are. I mean, like, it's liberal democracies need to have facility to express dissent. And so we, we want to be able to express dissent over all things, even things we don't agree with. But allowing people to have dissent, and that it means inconvenience to our daily life, and we must tolerate that, it can't be unreasonable. And because what one generation will find obnoxious, another one, or acceptable, another one will find obnoxious. And you've got to let that change come through, and protest is key to that. But it can't be violent, and it can't be disorderly, and it must be facilitated. And finally, these protests are not, you know, they're not simply going to disappear, as you said before. In fact, considering the nature of climate change protests, there's a significant urgency and desperation that relates to them. Do you believe that the protesters will be open to having these socially accepted protests like you kind of touched on before, or do you sense a, more, a drift towards a more radical act? I think as the urgency of addressing climate change becomes stronger, and it will, people will be tempted to do more extreme acts to try to get the public attention. And what we have to do is try to create pathways so that the extreme acts don't happen and at the same time accept a degree of inconvenience. But it, it's likely to get louder, not quieter. But it's not just climate protests, it's all protests. People are angry about all sorts of things. And so whether you're talking about pandemics or parliament or poverty or treaty issues, people, people have the right to protest. We've just got to find ways that it's done in a safe and orderly way and that the penalties are not disproportionate. That was a Radio 191 FM podcast. You can find more of them at r1.co.nz forward slash podcast.